Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome to the Cannon Cast, a weekly podcast from the Cannon, an explanation blog about the Columbus Blue Jackets. I am your host, Will Chase, joined tonight by Pale Dragon. What's up, PD? Living the dream, Will. Living the dream. Living the dream. The Blue Jackets regular season is almost over. I think we're ready for that and some changes going forward, but can't complain about much else on this end. Did you have a good Monday? Yeah, it was a Monday, uh, but I'm through it. And yeah, I, I'm ready for the season to be over. It's been uh, it's been a wild ride. It's been stressful. It's been disappointing, obviously. But uh, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm ready for the season to be done. Let's wipe the slate clean on this season and, and get into the offseason and maybe just, you know, take a mental break from hockey for a bit, focus on some other sports, other things and, and be refreshed for the next season. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, Yeah, I'm looking forward to just kind of wiping the slate clean, so to speak, and we'll see where things take us. But kind of jumping into, I guess, a positive. uh, Yeah, definitely a positive was the Blue Jackets signing draft pick Igor Chinikov to a three-year entry-level deal. Uh, He had 17 points over in the KHL for Avangard Omsk. I believe I'm saying that Mm -hmm. right. I listened to a YouTube video earlier of Yarmo. (laughs) Uh, saying the the team name, but uh, yeah, you know, I I was mentioning over the weekend in our Slack that you know I think a lot of people were just surprised by the pick and drafting him when they did, but uh, it looks to be a potential bright spot. I would say I know we'll we'll learn more about him as he comes over, and you know we see him more over here in the U.S. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm really excited about this um, because he he got off to a super hot start. Uh, with his KHL team this year, and it was the, you know, it was his first KHL experience, and, he, and I think we caught caught him at a good moment there. But um, you know, I think there was some concern w- whether he would maybe stick around longer, like some of the other Russian prospects have. But I think it it helped that his team won the championship there. They won the Gagarin Cup, uh, and I know that back in the fall, when he was asked about his long term things, he was said he was you know focused on this season, and that you know he really wanted to to win a championship there, um, which I didn't necessarily think was possible. Uh, Omsk isn't one of the usual powerhouses there, but uh, I once I saw that they had a chance to close it out, I thought, oh, okay, well, 
he'll achieve that goal and you know there's going to be nothing stopping him then from coming over to the NHL so uh, I'm glad that he's willing to take the jump Uh, I'm going to try to keep my expectations low because again he's still just 20 years old Uh, there's going to be some growing pains he's going to have to adjust to the NHL to the smaller ice to the increased talent level but I'm glad that he is at least doing his development over here you know maybe he'll need to spend some time in Cleveland you know, maybe he'll have to have a smaller role to start out. I just hope that he is put in a position to succeed right away. You know, put him in a, even if he's not playing top six minutes, put him on a line where he is going up against easier competition. Put him in a line where he is getting offensive zone starts. You know, let him, there's going to be stuff that he has to learn about being an NHL player, you know, round out his 200 foot game. But, if you know if what he does well is score, put him in a position to score. Put him in a maybe a better position than say Emil Bemstrom has been at been in in his uh, early going. But the best case scenario though is that he comes in and he's ready to go right away and could be a like you know a twenty goal guy. Um, yeah. But you know, and I think this year was good for him because the KHL is you know it's a pro league. He's playing against grown men. A lot of guys with NHL experience. Uh, Ilya Kovalchuk was one of his teammates this year. Um, mm. You know, level of difficulty similar to the AHL. So it's good that he got that season under his belt. Good that he had success in the season. Um, now he did miss some time to injuries at some point, so he did. He only played 32 games. But uh, if he can stay healthy here, if he can continue to develop, something to be excited about for next year. Yeah, you know, um, it's been a good year for him being a first round draft pick, winning the title over there in the KHL. And now he's officially part of the NHL, the Blue Jackets. So good year for him. And yeah, I think low expectations is definitely uh, something to keep in mind because I get, you know, I going into a season, I'm like, oh, I like the potential. I like this guy. He's Mm -hmm. got a lot of hype around him. And, you know, I think there's a lot of different things that can we, we talked about it that plays into it whether it's utilization how they put these players you know like you said put him in a you know give him a situation to succeed in so you know we'll see how the offseason plays out with uh a coach for one thing and how are they going to you know ultimately well once he's finally up in columbus uh the situation that he'll be in and hopefully he'll be able to utilize his best you know assets and strengths and alongside his line mates and everybody else on the team. <laughs> exactly. Talking about other signings, the Blue Jackets signed Justin Danforth to a one-year contract for the 2021-22 NHL season. I don't know if I'm saying this team right. In fact, I know I'm not, but he was over in the KHL. It looks like Vityaz pod. I don't even, I don't even want to say it. I'm butchering it, but he finished sixth in the KHL in scoring with 23 goals, 32 assists, and 55 points in 58 games in 2020 21. You know, a veteran player. I don't know what to expect. I don't expect, you know, yeah. a lot, but it, he's a depth signing. You know, I don't know if he's going to be. Yeah, that's what you can really count on or expect, but yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm gonna guess the team name is Vityaz Podosk, Podol, Podosk. I could, yeah. That's. Oh, I'm glad you said it because <laughs> I didn't want to just leave it hanging, but I just couldn't even get it out. Yeah. So w- when the signing was announced, I bet I had never heard of him before. Um. So I've been doing a little digging around his elite prospects page, 
Um, you know, he's 28 years old, so hardly a prospect. He is, he's just, he's listed at 5'9", so he's probably even shorter than that. So that, that may explain why he has flown under the radar for his entire career. He didn't even make it to major juniors in Canada. He is Canadian. Um, so then he came over and played four years of college hockey. And so, you know, those Canadians, when they come over, they're, you know, 20 year old freshmen and they play college hockey until they're 24. So he's was, you know, older than his teammates in a lot of cases. Then he bounced around for a year in the minors, spent most of the time in the ECHL scored really well there, but somehow didn't latch on. Um, so then he spent two years in Finland playing in Liga where again, he was about a point per game guy. And then last, you know, this past season, he's been in the KHL and again, he's been scoring about a point per game. So I can see why that's intriguing. You know, when, when he's, when you're putting up that kind of production at the lower level, you have to wonder, Hey, how's that going to translate, you know, at the NHL level. And obviously both Liga and the KHL are leagues that, the Blue Jackets scouts watch very closely. We've got a lot of scouts based over in those places. We've obviously drafted a lot of players from those leagues in recent years. So uh, I trust that the scouts have seen something they like there. You know, I think the NHL game is changing to the point where you can be undersized and that's okay. Mm-hmm. On the Patriots, yeah. he's listed as both a wing and a center. Uh, so that'll be interesting if he does if he could be a center option, probably again, I'm not expecting great things, but if he could be a bottom six depth signing, that could be something, Um, you know, I, I, the way I see it, there's, there's no, there's no risk here. You know, it's a cheap signing. It's body. He's got, yeah, he's got some upside. So bring him in, bring him into camp, see what he can do. You know, there, there's been concern that we didn't have much in the, prospect pipeline not much in the way of players that can step in and compete for jobs so uh, so this signing is a step towards correcting that perhaps um there's another signing that we might be making uh gregory hoffman is a swiss forward and we acquired his rights this season from the hurricanes for like a seventh round pick or something so i look at him as basically being our seventh round pick and um he was a teammate of elvis's for a few seasons he had come to training camp with Hurricanes once, was a late cut, went back to Europe. Um, I'm guessing but the fact that we acquired his rights means that we had a sense that he was looking to give the NHL one last shot. Uh, again, he's been about a point-per-game player. He's the same age as Danforth. He's another 28-year-old. So I figure, hey, uh, again, another body. Doesn't hurt to bring him in, you know? So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that, that's... Uh, it gets me excited for the off season to see that the jackets are already putting the work in. They're already starting to add pieces for next season. And, um, you know, cause that's when, when you are not in the playoffs, you start to look ahead and the off season becomes your Stanley cup final or your super bowl where you're, you're dreaming about how can we, how can this team get better? How, what can we do to improve? And, and so any new players you're adding, that's hey, this is a potential way to improve. Yeah, the offseason is their playground right now. And, you know, it's like, like you said, it's something else to talk about. We don't have to talk about, oh, they had a good game against Carolina and a loss, <laughs> or they have Nashville tonight. I mean, obviously, they're still playing out the last four of their regular season. But, yeah, it's kind of interesting. It's different to talk about. It's like as if it was, you know, 
July and right. they've signed a guy. And it's like, oh, cool. We have something to talk about. That's not whatever. So, uh, yeah. So we'll see how uh, both these guys do. But, yeah, I'm very excited about Igor. Uh, he, I think if I remember, he also had some power play goals over there early in the year. And I was like, oh, maybe he's going to fix the power play. So who knows? But uh, uh, If Patrick Lanny couldn't fix the power play, I'm not sure what will. Yeah. So, uh, so Aaron Portsline, he put out an article in The Athletic. Very interesting. I was able to check it out. Uh, so basically, he anonymously talked to three former Blue Jackets, getting input basically on you know how they viewed the city, the team, towards uh, how maybe Columbus is viewed by others around the league, and some of the things, uh, the perception, you know, being hardball on RFAs or. Uh, you know, one of the things was like maybe not the greatest, but definitely not the worst amenities or aspects. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, they're they're a nice city or, yeah, it's a nice team. It's not New York City and we know that. Um, but, you know, and then, of course, some had said things like, you know, Torts is a good coach, but he's outworn his welcome. Things that we kind of pretty much already expected. But uh, very interesting. We were all kind of trying to figure out who said what. <laughs> right. Obviously, we don't really know. We kind of we can kind of speculate but definitely i love those kind of articles it's always great to get the raw unfiltered candor i mean like even though we don't know who said what it's great to get the the hard hitting truth basically yeah i yeah first of all i have to give huge props to aaron portsline i thought this was a great idea for an article and give him credit for the execution of it uh because as you said yeah it's you know there's a lot of talk about the organization and what's going on inside and we're trying to blame people for what's going wrong like oh this is a torts problem or it's a yarmo problem or players don't like the city or you know there's all these excuses or explanations or blame flying around and so yeah at some point like yeah why not talk to players that have actually been there who have actually been inside and can give some insight into what actually is going right or wrong with the team and you know, and I gotta say, it was in some ways it was kind of kind of brutal to read. You know, there were there's some there's some issues with this organization and the way it's run. Um, yeah, and it's hard to read, but you know, I hope that these are issues which can can be brought to light and can be worked through this off season and corrected quickly. And I think I don't think there is anything in there that is shocking, not fixable. Yeah, okay. Well, not shocking. Yeah, definitely not shocking. But also, yeah. I think. It yeah. it can be corrected. You know, the thing that you couldn't correct is if there's a problem with the market. And, you know, these players proved what I have long thought, which is, yeah, you know, if you're not from Columbus, you don't think of Columbus as being this attractive place or anything. But once you get here, if you spend some extended time here, you can find things that you will like about this city, you know? Um, and these players seem to confirm that that like, hey, once they got here, they found things that they loved about. It. You know, one of the players said that you know he and his wife loved German Village. You know, I live near German Village. I love German Village. Like, yeah, I, I totally get it. So, um, so that was good to hear. So, and I think it shows though that the organization organization can still do a better job of selling people on the city, where you know if they're bringing in potential free agents, like do a better job of taking them around to amenities in the city or you know guys guys that get acquired via trade you know try to get them acclimated to the city more quickly obviously you know with in the case of patrick line you know maybe that was tough to do this year because the players weren't allowed to go out you know um 
but so the fact that the city's not a problem is is a good thing. Now, the it does confirm a lot of people have suspected that Yarmo's negotiating tactics have created a reputation that is pretty well known around the league by players that, yeah, it's, it's going to be a hard time, especially for restricted free agent yeah. that, yeah. um, and, uh, yeah, one of the players talked about how, you know, they started a negotiation with an offer. Right. And, and Yarmo was just like, no, no, we're not doing that. And yet it was an offer that yeah, and he wanted to stay. Yeah. And th- yeah. And he wanted to stay there and, and other teams were do And one player said that, you know, he, he was willing to take a little bit less than market value to stay in Columbus, but that was still somehow too high. And that's, and that's unfortunate. Cause I do think that, yeah, because of, you know, where we are, because we're not one of these marquee franchises or in some great city that we might have to pay a premium to keep certain players. Now, yeah, obviously you can't afford to overpay everyone, but identify certain players that are important and yeah, be willing to open up the purse strings for them and do some things to show that they are appreciated. Um, and, you know, also it said that there are other ways the organization can spend money beyond just salary, it's various amenities for players, making sure that the planes are nice, that they fly and they stay in good right. hotels, that they have things in the locker room and, and the, you know, in the team facility that, that are nice, which sounds like at times that the jackets, what they've had has not stacked up to what other teams have had. And that's a problem. And that, and that needs to be addressed. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com with over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day. Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I found that really interesting. I mean, I guess I'm not surprised, but when they actually admit that, it's kind of like, you know, I just have this automatic, I'm just thinking, oh, they're in the NHL, they're stars, whatever, they're getting the, now, you know, I was kind of uh, comparing it, like, obviously, this is not the minor leagues, but I'm used to that in the minor leagues, you know, seeing firsthand as an intern, like, oh, uh, obviously, the, the amenities are not the greatest, whether it's the stadium, whether it's 
whatever the case may be mm-hmm. in the locker rooms. But yeah, you think of the NHL, or I think of the NHL, and even if it's, you know, whether it's Columbus or I'm sure the Rangers, I'm sure everything is top notch because it's New York City. It's the Rangers. Sure. Uh, but, you know, with Colum- like you like you mentioned, like the hotel or the planes are better now. The plane is better now. But yeah, it's interesting. It's like, yeah, it's sort of like nothing. I don't think anything was, you know, horrible. Uh, some things maybe were fantastic, but it seemed like it was kind of like, yeah, it's, it's all right. Like it's not the, it's not days in, but it's not the four seasons. Like it's, it's a good hotel, but it's not whatever. So it it almost sounds for like NHL standards average, like what we would probably think is like, oh, okay, that's what that would be, you know? So it just kind of was interesting. And I also thought that it was interesting timing I mean, I guess it didn't really matter when this article was published, but the fact that it was now at the end of the season going into off season and you talk about RFAs and free agents and stuff. And it's like, Oh, that's interesting. Like interesting timing. Like as the jackets will be going into this off season to, you know, get contracts out for RFAs or talk with potential free agents and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, and it lines up with a lot of the stuff that we've said where, you know, we've talked about how they might need to, overpay to ensure that they can keep Seth Jones because it would really hurt to lose a guy like Seth Jones um, and that they need to do more to market their players, you know, cause it seems like perhaps that's one of the reasons why Dubois wanted out is because, you know, he wanted to, he wanted to be in a place that cared about hockey and that marketed their hockey players and the jackets just were not making him enough of a feature and that even our star players like Jones are not as well advertised around town. You know, yeah. Jones has Jones has, has appears in more national ads than he does in Columbus ads. <laughs> and that's a problem, you know, uh, yeah. and it, it there seemed to be a trend both in terms of talking about contracts or talking about the amenities that this is a, um, you know, penny wise pound foolish franchise that they would do anything to save a buck. And hmm. I understand how in the short term that might make sense in terms of just the bottom line and comparing to the revenue that they're bringing in. But, you know, long term, they're hurting themselves because it puts a ceiling on how competitive this team could be if it can't retain talent. Um, and, and that's a problem. You might, you know, you might need to invest a lot more on, up front into the facilities, the amenities yeah, Pay, paying salaries on certain players, but if you get if you make that commitment to the players, that gets then those top players to commit, then that allows you to build a more successful team around that core, and then you make the deep playoff runs, and you get the revenue from that, and that eventually pays back your investment and then some. Um, and I feel like they they maybe. Ownership does not have enough of a long-term vision to see that that's the investment that they need to make. And I don't know what it'll take for them to, whether it's make those changes or whatever the case may be. We're two decades in. We got Seattle coming into the league, and I'm sure, I'm not sure, sure, but I almost feel like you can almost pencil in a, not maybe a similar Vegas comparison, but, you know, how will it look if Seattle enters the league and they just Mm -hmm. storm the league and, I uh, here we are talking about Columbus still they had a nice second round uh I mean you can count last year I guess technically but really the second round against Tampa and that's their Stanley Cup so far it's like we we've, we've got to see this team make not only make 
or uh, have that second uh, take that second step on the ice. But it sounds like off the ice, we've still got to see the team do that as well. Yeah, well, there's, there needs to be some hard conversations about, you know, what is this team supposed to be? How do they see? How do they see this team come together? What is the identity of the team on the ice? What is the identity off the ice? What is the governing philosophy of how they do things? What are their short-term and long-term goals? And what is the plan to achieve that? And do they have the right personnel in place? That means, you know, is Yarmo still the right guy to be building the team? Is Tort still the right coach or is it time for a new coach? If you bring in a new coach, what kind of coach is that going to be? What kind of philosophy does he have? Um, and then will will ownership give the GM and the coach the resources they need to do what they need to do to both attract and retain the type of talent they need um, to, to be a successful franchise or, you know, what kind of success does ownership want? Do they truly want to do what it takes to build a Stanley Cup contender or are they content for being this middle of the road team that is, you know, good enough to get into the playoffs most years, but maybe doesn't have the weapons to go deep. Um, you know, those are the questions they need to ask and they need to address. And I feel like this is just a very disjointed organization right now. The, you know, the locker room this season is not cohesive towards admitted that last week that, you know, there's problems in the locker room and he's not been able to figure out how to fix it this year. Um, I feel like Torts and Yarmo haven't been on the same page. You know, Yarmo admitted, you guys talked about this last week, you know, he admitted that he didn't agree with Torts on benching line A. And it seems like there's a lot more things where they're, they're not seeing eye to eye on, you know, and Yarmo has, you know, gotten some players and then Torts is not, utilizing those players effectively and that's that's an issue when they're not on the same page you know i i keep thinking of a term that i heard a lot last spring and that is alignment and i heard it in the context of the cleveland browns after a disappointing 2019 season they fired their coach like everyone expected then they surprisingly fired their gm and it seems like they wanted to do completely fresh start in the way that things were run because they were not breaking through like they wanted to be. And so Paul D. Podesto was put in charge of these hires, and he talked about, yeah, you know, we want guys that are in alignment. When he hired Kevin Stefanski as coach, he said he talked about alignment. When he hired Andrew Barry as general manager, he talked about alignment. And it sounds like those three men, they were all picked because they had a similar vision for how the team would be run. And they had this idea for what kind of team it would be, how they would build around the talent that they had. And they went about executing that vision. They got, you know, they thought about a certain type of player they wanted, certain kind of physical traits, certain kind of mental traits, certain kind of character attributes. And, and it came together to, with an 11 win season and a playoff victory over Pittsburgh. And it was a team that fit together and everyone was on the same page. And then going into this offseason, they recognized holes that they needed to fill, and they filled them in free agency, and they made draft picks that made a lot of sense. And as a Browns fan, I'm very unused to the team making so many <laughs> moves that make sense on paper. Um, but it seems like they are running things the right way, and increasingly, it seems like the Jackets are 
kind of the opposite of that. They are not in alignment. The players that Yarn was bringing in, I think he does a good job of identifying talent, but I don't know that he's identifying talent that fits together. He kind of reminds me of the previous Browns general manager, John Dorsey, who again, great eye for talent, could bring players in, but they didn't necessarily fit together in a cohesive way. And he had coaches who didn't know how to utilize those players in the best way, could not fit those pieces together. And it's the same way, I think Torts doesn't know how to fit these pieces together. Um, you know, the guys like Felino, Jenner, you know, those were his kind of players and he leaned on them because that's the kind of hockey that he likes. But you've got these more skilled guys like Bemstrom, like Texier, like Line A, uh, like Domi. And, you know, Torts clearly isn't comfortable in using them the way that will get the most out of them. He's trying to get them to play his kind of hockey and it's trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I think it hits the nail on the head and you know, the last few years, maybe every year we've kind of thought about these types of things, but then they would go on this run in March that made us remember like, or, you know, it's like, Oh yeah, the team has flaws, but look at this team. Now they're playing well right now. And just enough to get that eight seed and either, sweep Tampa or probably lose in the first round every year to probably the eventual Stanley cup champion, which is a tough luck of the draw, but you know, they're still in that situation because they were just basically getting in over in the bubble and just, just, you know, getting into the dance, but yeah, maybe they'll get a coach that will utilize these guys in the right way, play more high event hockey, score a lot of goals, be exciting. You know, look at the, I was watching the game Saturday. I was recapping the game against Carolina and it wasn't long ago that the Hurricanes were kind of a bad team. And all yep. of a sudden they were like an eight seed and now they might win the president's trophy and they're an exciting team. They're fun to watch. So it can happen if you know how to, I don't know, utilize skill and acquire skill, utilize it the right way. You got the right coach that puts these guys together and shout out to Alex Nadelkovich. I don't know. I just want to shout him out. I mean, I know he's on the other team, Carolina, but I think it's awesome what he's doing. He's really making Ohio hockey look good in the sense that he's from Ohio. He's had a great year. I think I can't remember the stat exactly, but he had something like two goals or fewer in like his last stretch of starts. I mean, the guy has been on fire. Yeah. I mean, he, you you could almost talk about him being a Vesna candidate if he had more starts under his belt. He just hasn't played enough games, but yeah, he's been very impressive for them when you know they had some injuries at goalie and they needed someone to step up, and he has. And yeah, you're, I think you're right. Carolina has been a model organization in recent years, and I think it comes down to they had a change in ownership, and their new owner is someone who invested a lot of capital into the team to improve it. You know, Don Waddell has been a a solid general manager. He, you know, I think they got some. Good picks. They found a gem in Sebastian Ajo in the second round. They got Svechnikov in as a as a high pick uh, one year. You know the, those guys have been what they've built around. They've had an identity as a strong defensive team. They've always had a really deep blue line. Um, guys like Slavin. They acquired Dougie Hamilton. You know, really like the defense on that team. And you know, then they a key was bringing in Rob Brendamore as their coach. You know, and he established a culture there that has been very successful. And I feel like he was the right coach for that roster at that time. Um, and so everything has just clicked for them after a decade. Yeah. Of not being a playoff team. And all of a sudden they've been a very good team for the last three years. Um, so you're right. It shows that it can be done. So it's just a question of, 
you know, can the Blue Jackets make the changes that are necessary? And, you know, maybe ownership is willing to invest what they need to. Maybe Yarmo is the right guy, but maybe it's just a matter of finding a coach like Brindmore. You know, not necessarily exactly yeah. like Brindmore, but being the right fit for the team in the way that Brindmore was the right fit for that team. Yeah, and that's a team that, like I said, got into the playoffs. I think they were an eight seed against the Caps. Uh, and yeah, they kept getting further. They kept they, they knocked them out. And they kept getting further. And now they're not only are they making the playoffs, but they're maybe winning the division or winning the president's trophy. You know, they're not just like Columbus winning or getting in as an eight, seven, eight seed every year, but they're actually getting they're they're playing better in the regular season and ideally for them the playoffs. But you know Yeah, and and they're and I think they're built for long term success as well. They've they've identified who their core is now you know they aho did sign an offer sheet with montreal but carolina did what they had to do to match it um and they recognize hey he's he's the guy you know and they've got Svechnikov as, as their guy and they've got you know slavin and the rest of the defense and we'll see what they do with dougie hamilton but um you know i'd like to see something get done there for their sake because he's a phenomenal player and i think you want to build, build around that and yeah maybe maybe ned can can be their goalie of the future, which I think is has been the missing piece for them. As good as they've been in recent years, the goalie goaltending has been the weak spot, but maybe he's the answer. Um, and so, yeah, that's certainly a, a model for us to follow. Before we close out, I want to get your thought. Uh, four more games, of course, are playing Nashville tonight. So by the time this is up, we'll know, of course, the result. But right now, two against Nashville, two against Detroit, all at home. Are they, what, what's their final, what are they going to do over these next four games? Well, you know, I got to say, I feel like this team is playing better lately. Not great, but better. Um, I think they are finally starting to play the kind of defensive hockey that Torts wants. Um, it's frustrating that it took so long to get to this point because, you know, all season we've wondered, hey, why, why aren't they playing the way they need to be playing? And it's, yeah, finally starting to click. But I think all of the defensive prowess is coming at the expense of offense. They're not creating enough quality chances. Um, and in the games where they have created the chances offensively, they haven't been able to finish. It's just been some some bad luck, some bad bounces, or just, you know, guys that just aren't good enough shooters. Um, and that's, that's frustrating. Um, Elvis has been great. Uh, I think we have to give credit to him for that. Uh, he has, you know, he's not been good enough this season, but um, it's crazy. Once, once Corpus Salo got hurt, it seems like that is what flipped a switch. And we've seen a different Elvis since like then. last season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, it's weird that, yeah, it takes, it's not just good enough to be sharing it or to, you know, be getting more starts than Corpy. Corpy has to be gone and then Elvis can, can take it's, off. Yeah. I almost wonder if it's not, I don't think it's this. I don't know. But I almost wonder if it's like psychologically it's like less pressure because he's like, he's not going to be here. He, he won't get my next start. I'm the guy. Or, or if it's actually a benefit of more pressure of like, hey, hmm. I, I have I have to do well because there's no True. other option behind me. You know, maybe that's what motivates True. him. But maybe. it's uh, it's interesting. Yeah, we'll have to. But I, I you know, what I want to see from him is more consistency, but because if he can keep playing at this like a high level, then it shows me that yes, this is a goalie that we can that is worth committing to, you know, and not someone that should be and, on the trade block. Right. And I was just gonna say, we didn't really I, we kind of admitted this last week, but you know, when we we're talking about real fast, we covered your uh, Jonas Corposalo's injury. 
And we very well may have seen the last of him. We don't know if he's going to be traded. We don't know if, what help. But we don't know what's going to happen with either guy, obviously. But of course, goalies in the pipeline, and yeah, it's going to be interesting. Of course, I say that every week. It's always going to be interesting. <laughs> but season will be over by Monday. We'll know the playoffs. The next Monday, we'll know what the playoffs are going to look like. I'm excited for the playoffs. It's always fun. Obviously. Yeah, and this will be it'll be a different you know different format this year, um, and a format that I'm actually kind of excited to see and. We'll see if that maybe gives the NHL any ideas going forward for mixing up the format. I, I think it would be, I'm really excited to see what happens in the final four where, you know, it's kind of reseeded at that point. You just have the four teams that got out of their divisions. That might be something that they should do going forward. You can get better semifinal and final matchups by reseeding at that point. Um, so I'd, I'd like to see that. Yeah, uh, imagine a Stanley Cup final where it was like Washington and Boston. Wouldn't that be crazy? It'd be like an yeah, old Eastern you know, Conference matchup or something. But you know, and especially you know, if and if those are say the two clearly best teams over the regular season, like why not push that off till the end if you can? Wanted to give a shout out to the blue pants that the Jackets wore on Saturday. Yes, I thought that love was it. a really slick look wearing the blue breezers with the white jerseys. Um, it really it sounds like that was that was something that the players requested and the team was able to get a special permission from the league to try that out. I think going up against a team wearing all red, it was especially a nice mm. look. Um, now I yeah. saw where for that to become a permanent change, um, it wouldn't go into effect until the 2022-23 season because they're past a deadline for making a change. And I think that's a really dumb rule on the league's part. I understand that changing the jersey is an issue and they don't want teams to do that too often, but I feel like something like just changing the pants is a relatively minor thing and therefore um, that they should be able to just make that as a quick change. You, you ha- The pants are there. You've got the pants. It's just a matter of, oh, we want to wear blue pants on the road if we're going up against a red team. Like that's... That's yeah. not a big deal. Yeah. Like that, that's, sh- that should be a very trivial thing to go ahead and let us do next season. I don't get why we should have to wait a year for that. That's it's. Absurd. Yeah. I get not, I get not making logo changes, something drastic, but like you said, the pants are sitting right there. Just yeah, put them we're on. Not, we're but, not asking to redesign. But, we're just matching things up differently that we already have. And, you know, I was watching on, on uh, when I was watching that game and I'll, I'll admit when I'm not recapping, I haven't been watching as many games. I'm keeping up the score and all that. But I turned that game on and I was like, what is different about this? <laughs> I was like, is there a new uniform? And then I was like, wait, it's the pants. Like it took me a it took me a second. Uh, but then I was like, that's what's different. And I liked it. I, I noticed it. I didn't know what it was at first. And I was like, something's different, but I like it. And that's what it was, and I'm I'm definitely a fan of that. It just they just felt like a different team, even though they still lost. Mm-hmm. They did play better. It just seemed different. I know it makes no difference, but I don't know if the players are happy. Maybe they're gonna play better. I don't know. Yeah, look, talk about look, amenities. Look, look good, play good. You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was a fan, as we joked about. If they don't win, go back to the other style. But let's be <laughs> real. We love the we love the blue, but. Uh, yeah, I was a fan of that. And again, going up against Carolina, like you said, in, in red and white and all that, mix it up a little bit, make it stand out. So check us out at jacketscannon.com, at CBJ Cannon on Twitter and Facebook. The regular season is closing this weekend, but we'll be back next Monday to discuss really the offseason. We kind of got into that this week, but definitely going into offseason mode, probably playoff 
uh, projections or whatever. So we'll we'll be back next week, and yeah, we'll be back next week. <laughs> Subscribe to the Canon Cast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts, so you can catch every episode. Leave us a review and a rating, and as always, we welcome your thoughts and feedback. Go to jacketscanon.com for more Blue Jackets coverage from us, and follow us on Twitter at cbjcanon. Our theme music is the song Green Eyes by Angela Pearlie and the Howlin' Moons. Check out angelapearlie.com for more music and show dates.